0: Say,
1: one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four.
0: You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can learn more at Song songandstorypodcast.com. A good songwriter is able to craft a song about an experience particular and unique to them and have it feel universal to whoever hears it. Mark Cohn's Walking in Memphis is a great example of this. I've traveled all over the country with my music, but I've still never been to Memphis. Yet when I hear him sing, I'm walking in Memphis, walking with my feet ten feet off of Beale. I know what he's talking about. I've felt it, just not in Memphis. That line takes me back to college, to a semester that I spent studying abroad in Europe. Whether I was walking through the streets of Rome by myself at night, working my way through an ice cave in Switzerland, or exploring a renovated 14th century Carthusian monastery in the foothills of the Austrian Alps for three and a half months in the fall of 2006, Everywhere I went, I felt like I was walking with my feet ten feet off of Beale. We all have a Memphis. I hope we all have a Memphis. Like Mark Cohn, the Counting Crows often sing about particular people and places in their music. And a few years ago, I stumbled upon an interview with Counting Crows frontman Adam Duritz, in which he addressed this aspect of their music. He said, Quote, making songs really personal and really being intimate about them is what people relate to. They find all kinds of things about themselves in those songs. People were talking at the beginning to stop using proper names, stop using particular places and details in your songwriting, because people aren't going to relate to that. But they're wrong. Those details give those things truth, some sort of real weight. End quote. I completely agree with that sentiment. And today's episode features a song full of personal experiences and intimate details about a particular place in rural Pennsylvania. Whether or not you've ever been there, this song will make you want to go back. It's from Baltimore-based artist Patrick Mahon. He's got mad skills as a musician, a singer, and a songwriter, He's also a lot of fun to drink with, joke with, travel
2: with, and rock out on stage with. Hi, this is Patrick Mahon from Baltimore, Maryland. You're listening to the title track from my 2015 EP, Allegheny. Mm -hmm.
1: The Allegheny River, I've got pebbles in my shoes, kicking across the footbridge, singing Carolina blues. The weather's always colder, but I won't soon forget, the Allegheny River, rolling through
0: I I feel like your this song it feels nostalgic to me but it shouldn't because I don't think I've ever been I don't think I've ever been or walked near the Allegheny River if I have I didn't even know it so this is this is one of those songs that, that the sense of place that you provide um, in general you know I can tell that there's a really personal experience uh, going on and being described within the song i i presume that you didn't just make it
2: up no and you know what i wonder if uh i i know for a fact that um you know i like i said i have vivid memories of of a specific footbridge and a, a specific current and uh you know a part of the river that i remember seeing in the in the bitter cold of a of an allegheny fall but um I don't know, maybe this is an exercise in creative writing, but as you begin to remember these very specific memories too, like almost n- new ones crop up and you don't know if you experienced them or not. So yeah, like I said, the song is a culmination of a lot of different experiences over the course of you know, three years or so. So it's not like this song is about a
0: singular experience or event. It's, it's a kind of a collage of memories.
2: Yeah, and it's funny that you started out with that quote and, and talking about the idea of specificity. There was this almost majestic footbridge that I don't even think I ever got to walk across because it was gated off. But it w- it was um, it was long and thin and uh, made up with this these these kind of like pebbly uh, concrete that I think kind of put into my mind getting pebbles into the shoes and 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 all of that. But um, yeah, the song is a uh, is a remembrance of those those weekends that I spent up there, like I said, over a course of a few years and, uh, the, the relaxation, the, the peacefulness and, uh, just kind of the respite from every day, from the everyday grind. Um, and being able to reflect on not only, uh, spiritual things happening, but just on, on nature and relaxation as well.
0: What was it that took you back there every year? Was it was, did you live near the Allegheny
2: river? Was it a family kind of vacation site? Right so um probably for two or three I believe it was 3 years or so I was able to um uh participate in a music group that was playing uh the was playing music for a, a retreat for a group of high school kids that got bussed out from Pittsburgh to uh the middle of nowhere in the Allegheny Mountains and uh it was great L- lots of these kids didn't always know how to respond to to the music initially or just being out of the city but after the initial acclamation, everyone settled in really nicely, and they were they were very responsive and appreciative for uh, for what we did there. Is that? Do you think that's um, that experience there the reason
0: you were there? Is that kind of why the song, you know, towards the end of it, it, it's almost like it becomes a gospel song.
2: Yeah, ex- exactly. So I don't even know if I if I realized this until after the fact, but as I was writing, and I think after even the song was finished, the Allegheny River reference kind of became to 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 uh to mean or to reference the holy spirit and it it, i don't think it really hit me until after i wrote the final verse and i was like oh my god you know it the song was revealing things to me as i was writing it um so the last verse specifically i reference you know some spiritual some obvious spiritual overtones that um uh, that reflected my experience there of being there on a retreat, you know? So when I say, uh, in fact, let me pull up the lyrics here so I don't. Oh, I've got them. I've got them right here. <sighs> got tr- trouble remembering I've got my in... lyrics. Pat, I've,
0: I've got them in, in my heart, um, but I have them. <laughs> <laughs> but I have them on the screen. I have them on the screen right in front of me too. Um, yeah, when I yeah. when I saw the face of Jesus, Lord, it brought me to my knees. I rose on clouds of incense at your gates. Remember me. And show me to your kingdom. From you, I shall not part with the Allegheny River, living in my heart. It's like
2: uh, poetry. This, yeah, man. No, I, no. I,
0: you say that. You say that in jest because to you, it's something you wrote, and you just kind of always do. You know, as any of us do, you, you do the best you can every time with kind of what what comes naturally to you. But this is one of those tracks that like as it kind of takes the shape and the form lyrically and musically of almost like a folk gospel piece almost like a prayer it's it's one of those ones that feels universal it feels transcendent it doesn't remotely seem forced like you're trying to write a song to fit that genre yeah um it just feels honest and
2: personal and in the moment I mean that that's a that's a great compliment. And you know what, this as I was telling you earlier, like I, I am by no means like I have friends who are just and, and you're one of them, there's just these prolific writers where songs just seem to pour out of you and you know, it's just time after time again you make really solid music and catchy songs where I just simply don't write as much. But this song for whatever reason did come naturally. It came uh, easily and it you know, it was on the page with with you know phrasing and and a melody and lyrics within 15 minutes and it just it just kind of happened like that
0: all of it like melody everything
2: yeah i had i mean i in fact i'm looking at an extra verse here that never made the final track but um i i don't think i realized as i was writing it um what it was going to turn into and the last verse kind of cinched it um and it is kind of like a it, it does take on a spiritual tone as, as you, as you end the, or near the end of the song. But I think that last one for me, or the, the, uh, the imagery I get in my mind, or at least the motivation for it was, um, was the, the Saturday night Eucharistic adoration. And, uh, um, one of the things or one of the is, is incense and, uh, it's it's put in a specific container and it's it's swung about the room and um i think for any catholic who has at least smelled that at one point will be immediately transported back to a time of of eucharistic adoration but it does it, it does let out these these billows of of smoke and when there are lights and when there are lights in the room or especially in in a stage lit in a stage lighting environment you get these beautiful dimmers if the gold and, and and metal from the the monstrance and it just kind of pierces through the smoke and it creates a, a a a sight to to behold so um as i was writing uh this last this last um stanza here um it began to to take shape as something very spiritual and and remembering um that special time where uh you know the allegheny river really meant to me that the holy spirit coming and and dwelling uh not only in that space but also in in my heart as well and that's something that we take with us we don't have to be in in allegheny county to experience experience god in in that way sure you just happen to be yeah at that at that point in time yes
0: yeah so 15 minutes is obviously (laughs) that's pretty fast to write a song did you did you ever feel like revisiting it and tweaking it or adding stuff to it later or was it one of those kind of songs that just when when it all came out it just kind of felt like that was it 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 was done it it, it was what it was
2: yeah it was it was very close to to that initially but i remember uh initially writing it in a in a different key that uh that was described to me later as being far too low for someone with my kind of voice (laughs) from a a mutual friend Dan McBain is a piano player (laughs) you got a nice you got a nice voice anyway it's it's worth also noting that uh that Dan uh played the the piano tracks on um on Allegheny and on oh really um, he did yeah and on another track uh towards the end but uh yeah, I was lucky to have Dan play on both of them. He did a really, really tasteful job.
0: Yeah. Well, so that's that brings me to my question about the way that you produce, because I know you're very involved in your production. Um, did mm-hmm. you when you had when you asked Dan to play piano, did you have particular parts in mind that you wanted him to play, um, or did you kind of cut him loose and and see where he went with it?
2: So a little bit of both. I think the initial idea for this album was to be like totally stripped back and raw and just be minimalistic. And then um, I, I'd been in the studio a number of times before, but usually not for my own work. Um, whatever I had recorded in the past was usually done at home with uh, with some, some home recording gear. So going into the studio for my first kind of formally recorded album, um, I the whole process was dynamic and i was so lucky to have uh uh the the, the producer and the, the engineer for the track be flexible and be open, open to kind of trying things out as we as we went so in terms of bringing dan into the studio um we did a number of passes at it and uh he was he, d- he did a a really good job of listening. You know, he'd do it, he'd do it pass. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't give him or write any, any type of piano part. I said, this is what my song sounds like. Go ahead and sit down and try and play something <laughs> with as little direction as, as I could have given. So, um, I, uh, when I, I kind of made the decision about halfway through recording the first song, like, Oh, you know what? We're going to, no, we're going to produce this. We're going to put instruments on it, and we're going to put, uh, you know, drums and electronic, electric instruments, and um, kind of see what comes out on the other side. So, um, and as I as we began to to just do um, scratch tracks and and very um, initial tracking, uh, I realized that in order to keep the listeners' attention, that um, you ne- you need to make things musically creative and interesting because uh however profound or dramatic you think your lyrics are sometimes the listener needs a little bit more than just than just beautiful words to to stay interested in, in the music and after listening to 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 my album you know numerous times and and years afterwards i still think there are parts of it that could have been uh more active or more creative but um oh really you know i think the songs generally are are listenable and and pretty catchy and and make people remember so
0: yeah i i think I think you say that I so I do that with my own stuff as well. I look back on it and and I think, you know, if I could if I was recording this song today, I would do it differently. Definitely. And I think that's it's inevitable that you you're going to be your own kind of harshest critic. Yeah. Um at times you'll be your your own most constructive critic. At times you will be your own most destructive critic. Yeah, I definitely feel that way, sure. The main acoustic guitar riff which complements the melody perfectly, um, but that electric guitar solo that plays in between the second and third verses—that's you, I presume.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
0: it it is perfect for the song. Like I'm, I'm a guitar solo guy. I like a good guitar solo. Uh huh. It's got soul, man. Like it, it suits the song. It fits with the song. I think the guitar solo, along with the the organ that kind of comes in when it does,
2: that's yeah, what yeah.
0: what carries. That's what kind of carries the song from almost being like a folk, alt, soft rock piece to like a, <laughs> That's what elevates it to gospel. I don't know how else to describe it.
2: <laughs> what, genre,
0: what genre would you put it in? Is folk, alt, yeah. soft rock? Is that yeah. offensive?
2: <laughs> you know, may, maybe. I take, I take a slight offense to the soft rock, but you know what? If I put myself in the right mindset, I can get behind it. No, it's definitely folk. Well, it's softer. Know? It's yeah, softer. yeah, for, no, for sure. It's not hard for sure. rock.
0: I don't mean like I'm not talking Delilah. <laughs> it's not something I'd hear on Delilah. That's not no, what I no. mean by soft rock.
2: Yeah, you know, there, there was, there was a fair bit of distortion on that electric guitar. So, you know, that will, yeah. Let's let's call it soft rock. I, I can get there.
0: Um, I'll go even further and say there was the perfect bit of distortion. It's, it's oh, the perfect thanks. tone for the song. So,
2: so you know, to in. in to not confuse anyone the uh the producer on the album his his name is also dan dan bozik he, he uh he works for if he if if not owns now aardvark studios but um oh really i think he might he i think it? he i know he 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 may i know he like bought the building and um i've i've kind of, i've been at, he, i've ad- admittedly been out of touch with him for a little while now uh recently married well, you, you if know he did, if you didn't you see know what
0: you know what? I'm not going to edit that out. I'm also not going to fact check it. So if it's wrong, it's <laughs> entirely on you, and everybody's going to know it. Yeah, that's alright. I can take. But the tell heat. me about like, tell me about. So you obviously had worked and played with Dan before, and so you yeah. to produce the record with him. It's if we could keep it kind of particular to to this song in terms of how involved he was as a producer in conjunction with you know what the direction you wanted to take
2: the song in sure dan uh bozek was highly involved with the entire production process so not only was he the engineer like tracking and and you know kind of connecting all the wires but he was also editing uh, mixing editing and, and mastering as well he he did it all dan is the total package and uh in addition to that he's also a highly talented musician plays a number of instruments he plays I, oh I think yeah the, the bass most proficiently and he did all of the bass work on on my album. Um yeah he played he played bass on a number of tracks on The Spark. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But um just to, to give a quick shout out to Dan, if you listen during the verses, um, and there's not like an honest refrain of on in Allegheny, but if you if you listen to the verses just before it says each time um the Allegheny River Blank, 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 blank. Towards the end of the the stanza, Dan came up with this little bass lick where he kind of slides up and goes in between two notes, and it's the it's the perfect little fill, just subtle enough to 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 fill the space, but also leaving a lots of of room musically for you know to to continue on to the the lyrics and things like that. But hey, can, um, can you? Do you think you can hum it or
0: sing it? Kind of sing the part and <laughs> hum the bass fill, so just so uh, people can
2: kind of identify it when it comes up again. So it the. I'll 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 kind of hum or scat the bass part. So when it goes, sure. Um, uh, uh, the weather's always
1: colder, but I won't soon forget. Boom, boom, boom.
2: The alligator. <laughs> so like right in between that little phrase right there, Dan just does this really really subtle little little bass lick, and it's it just fills the space perfectly. And it's so funny, you know, the way I, in terms of of my musical capacity or abilities. um I have to be like very economic with my playing and, and with my note choices because I am not a shredder on electric guitar. I can't just, you know, fly up and down the the fretboard and just fill the space with a million notes. Um, I don't possess, possess that, that dexterity, um, or, uh, have the time to practice that anyway, uh, going back to the, um, to the solo, uh, Dan was always really flexible and encouraging. So I you know as we came to that part of the song, Dan said to me, "What do you have?" And I am like I said embarrassingly said nothing. And uh, he said, "All right, well, I'm going to go make a cup of coffee and here's the eight bars that you have to fill or whatever." So he put it on loop and um you know, I remember kind of pacing back and forth uh in the studio and just kind of humming the melody to myself and um once I got the initial two bars, the melody to the two bars um the rest of it came a little easier there are two bends right at the end of the solo that um
0: can, can i take a guess here
2: yeah is, yes, is it
0: like something like that is that how it goes <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> i think i think it goes more like
1: uh
2: <laughs> so there's are you sure it's so, not are you sure it's not like <laughs>
1: yeah you're
2: gonna lose lots of of listeners if we keep on doing this probably so, uh, probably so but no there was there was one bend where i kind of bent into a note and then um the the next one kind of started in a bend and just slowly kind of uh you dribbled down into the next note but um that that solo was cool because it was it's really simple yeah, i agree it yeah it doesn't it doesn't take much to learn it's uh um it's it's like intelligible it makes sense to the listener the song is slow and kind of reflective in and of itself and it wouldn't make sense to just jam all you know all these notes in there so i wanted something that was uh that was that was light i wanted something that was that was playable um and uh and dan did a great job picking the the effects there's a there was a cool delay that he also put on that that guitar that was consistent through a number of the other tracks so it glues the song together um uh you know rather than pulling from all these different types and styles of of effects and things like that
0: yeah well that's i mean several things there one that's a great way to describe that solo i think it's it's really good because it's right for the song. It's almost like the anti-jump solo, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like Jump by Van uh-huh. Halen. Everybody loves that song, but when the solo comes in, and it's not that it's objectively a bad solo on its own, it is just it becomes a completely different song. It completely ruins <laughs> the fun and the energy the of heck? the song. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of stealing that bit from my dad, but. <laughs> listen to jump you know knowing what a talented guitarist Eddie Van Halen is and listen to jump and pay attention to the solo when it comes in and it's like objectively just not right for the song and uh yeah. the solo yeah. that you put in onto this one is the anti jump in that it's <laughs> it's right it's right for the song um there's a couple lines in the second verse uh and by that I really mean the entire second verse is um, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me because, you know, you sing, now I remember music, Lord, and I remember time. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean you remember music and you remember time? And if if I may kind of start that off, or, or I guess what it kind of, what I think it could mean is that uh, it's almost like you're having this experience is, is what it seems to me like on the, on the banks of the Allegheny River or on this footbridge, wherever you are, it's almost like you're having this experience that's not quite out of body, but it's, it's transcendent and of your, of your life. And, uh, almost like you're still alive, but it feels like you're somewhere else. And,
2: does this make any sense? No, Kevin. It's it's. I don't know if I could have described it any better. Or like really? Okay. You know, Good. No, I th- I'm having I'm having trouble articulating I'm it.
0: Having... I'm having trouble articulating it. But it but it seem it seems like your your life is not over, but you're reflecting on it in such a profound way, and you're thinking of these things that you love, which is which is music, time. You remember time shared with friends, family uh, imbibing all the spirits, all the whiskey, all the wine, just sitting around drinking and talking with friends. That's what it makes me think of. Is that, is that accurate?
2: Yeah. And, and you know what, I think anyone would have trouble kind of describing an out of body experience, (laughs) you know, but, Oh, sure. Yeah. This was, this was certainly like a reflective part of, like I said, all of these experiences that I had there. Um, you know, (sighs) I, it's really tough to put into words you know three three years of experience or like you know three separate annual experiences into into three stanzas really but um i i spoke i spoke broadly here one of the things that i think i always went into the weekends realizing that i would have some free time in between in between uh sessions and events is that uh, i wanted to make a point to kind of write some more music and, you know, that's what every artist wants to do is write, gosh, I wish I had more time to write or I wish I would, yeah you know, whatever. And in addition to kind of wanting time to write that music, just taking the time to, and, and maybe this was just because I was so far, I was commuting from Baltimore to play these, to play these events. Um, so it was a good, you know, four, five, six hour trip all the way up there and um, removing myself from the from the responsibilities and the pressures of my home city I was able to just simply you know empty my mind of those things and create more space for um for relaxation and then musical creativity so not only was I playing um like scheduled events and sessions and things like that but hopefully opening my mind to to new ideas or things that I would experience there are these feelings um you know retreats and especially for me playing music at retreats is a is a very intimate and emotional experience um many times you're singing about uh you know things in religion or spirituality that kind of you know elevate you to a new a new level so uh so this this second verse here is kind of like broadly acknowledging all of the things i loved about those those weekends and those time those times away um and then again, uh, I think the last, I, w- I wanted the last line of those of each of the stanza to reference the Allegheny river kind of having, um, like a, a very physical and, and vis visceral connection to, yeah. you know, to kind of add some, some repetition or some consistency throughout the, throughout the, um, throughout the track. So in the first, uh verse i say the allegheny river is rolling through my mind and then the second the allegheny river is coursing through my veins and then lastly the allegheny river is living in my heart and um you know for as uh for the it 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 exists it exists and you have experiences with it and over time it becomes a, a part of you right right even though I haven't played that specific retreat in a number of years, there are there are moments and memories that I hold very dear, and you know, and and this song is is um, like I said, I had the the very first two lines of the song kind of came to me as I was driving to the retreat, and I was I was you know just north of Pittsburgh in a a small little pickup truck with my guitar in the back. And you know how much more folksy can you get? That's what right. folk songs. Are. That's how they're sure. born. But sure. I was driving. I was driving uh, on the freeway, and it just came to me from the Allegheny River. I've got pebbles in my shoes, and I was listening to Ryan Adams at the time. And uh, you know, I just I imagined, and this this happened later. You know, um, kicking across the footbridge, singing "Carolina Blue." Uh, in fact, the song itself. Um, melodically referenced is uh, Ryan Adams All My Sweet Carolina Which is one of my favorite tracks I think of all time Okay I was
0: never sure what you were referencing And I, I googled Carolina Blues And all I found yeah. was a, a Blues Traveler song Of that title The complete opposite kind of tempo <laughs> And feel of the song It was super fast paced <laughs> uh, Rock and roll Bluesy a little chaotic And so I was like I, I, He's got to be talking about a different song
2: yeah. So, and you know, I don't even know you, you can't, I, it would be a stretch to classify that song as blues, but it seemed, it seemed to fit for me. I, I I don't know why. Maybe it, it just, maybe I liked the, the imagery of uh, blues and the color blue and river. I, I don't know. You have to ask myself back then. But um, as that phrase came to me, I like, you know, broke the law and immediately wrote it down in my iPhone notes I was like, I have to remember this because this is the origin of what I think. If I, if my mind, you know, is is correct, I think this is going to be a really nice song. And so as I sat down with with that, that first line, I kind of knew that I wanted to vamp back and forth between C and G. And um, what usually happens is about halfway through the first verse, I start thinking of song structure. Do I want st- to follow a standard, you know, verse, chorus, verse chorus, bridge, chorus kind of thing. And as I wrote the the first um, verse there, I ended it with, in, in the Allegheny River, rolling through my head. And um, I just thought that was a perfect, the perfect end to a thought. Th- this song is very simple. You know, there, there's really not that many complex complex aspects of it. So, you know, given that the song is so simple, I never wanted to you know, inundate it or just fill it with with non-important words or ideas or notes for that matter. Um I, I was okay with kind of just letting it stay simple and and just leaving it there. Mm-hmm.
1: Allegheny River, I've got pebbles in my shoes Kicking across the footbridge, singing Carolina blues The weather's always colder, but I won't soon forget The Allegheny River, rolling through
0: If you enjoyed my conversation with Patrick and you'd like to check out more of his music, I've put links in the show notes on song and storypodcast.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting it on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash song and story. Monthly patrons at various levels of giving receive access to occasional bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes clips, outtakes, they'll get new music, videos, and merch of mine before I release it to anyone else, and other cool stuff. You can follow me, Kevin Hyder, as well as Song & Story Podcast on social media. You can find all those links, and you can learn more, listen, and subscribe today at songandstorypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. You know, I really like it when artists get to do their own thing with the project, when they're kind of in, in charge of, of the production. Because to me, it makes whatever they're producing and however they're producing it more a reflection of who they are as an artist at that stage in their life, in their career. And I really love the whole EP, man. Um, you know, there's as I have mentioned to you, there's a couple other songs on it that, we'll, that I want to eventually talk about with you. I just wanted to start with this one because... It's just such a good song. And uh even though it's I got to I got to wait a minute here cuz my wife is coming in. Honey, you're going to need to sit down and not move a muscle or make a sound. <laughs> if you want to go back and sit out in the car and listen to a show, you can do that. Yeah. I really I can't do anything till you're gone. Okay, so That's okay. I love you. Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> Patrick Patrick says sorry, but <laughs> did you hear
2: that oh, she said that? oh
0: it's just Patrick <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that nice little quad qualifier makes me feel real special is Kristen going to be a minute is, is she making something?
0: Uh, yeah you got to do something
2: Let me. Re- I just want to use the bathroom real quick I'll be right back
0: oh my gosh are you
2: serious I know how, how unprofessional
0: alright go, go do it hey honey he's using the bathroom so you can talk to me for a second if you want how
2: was your uh, thing?
0: How was it? It was nice. Good. Was not in the car forever because I was trying to make sure. Oh, I'm sorry. It took us so long. His the, his Skype kept cutting out, uh, and so we are using GChat now. Uh, but he can't hear me, so I'm talking to him on the phone while recording both of our audios. But I can hear him. It's the weirdest thing. So
2: weird. The the talents back.
0: What's that? The talent. Oh, you're back. The talent
2: is back. <laughs> Oh, she says, congratulations on the baby, I presume. Uh, yes. yeah, thank you. He's, he's having a little bit of a night tonight, but uh we're okay. Is he? a little bit? I don't know what it was. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on with him.
0: He's, he's okay. Well So all right, so, when, when when how old is he now? uh just over a month a month old. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, dude. that's nuts. They're still so terrifyingly small and fragile at a month.
2: I know, I know. I mean, he's he's thickening it up pretty good, but it is still, like, you know, it's it's worrisome sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. So uh, the guitar riff, this is going to take so long to edit this one.